When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These are the Keishi Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. And welcome to the Keishi Tapes podcast. I'm John Hewlett, along with Favaz. Hey, the Keishi Tapes is driven by legendsofrock.io. Visit legendsofrock.io to enter the giveaway of rare collectibles. Nice. And here we go with an interview from... 2018. It's an interview that I did. I, I think it was live on the air when I was doing the morning show with Learn here in St. Louis on KC95. And I, I, well, I remember it now after hearing just a small portion of it before we started doing this, this podcast. Up to that point, I, I don't have any remembrance of talking to Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter. He is, uh, they only come out at night, John. Yes. That's a good album. That is the album. Yeah. That is a great album. It's got uh, Free Frankenstein, Ride. Free Ride, mm-hmm. uh, another song on there. Oh, my gosh. can't think of the top, top of my head. It's a country-sounding song. It's one of my favorite songs. I can't mm-hmm. think of the title of it. Damn it. But, anyway. But I know, uh, wasn't uh, Rick Derringer on this record? Yeah, Rick Derringer was on that record. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Good memory. And, uh, yeah, so I think I have met him or his brother Johnny back in the day at Union Station. I, I don't remember who, mm-hmm. but uh, met one of them, you know. And uh, Johnny, I guess, would be easy to remember because he's albino, correct? That's, that's correct. Yes. Round and Round is the other song on there. Oh. Round, oh. Round, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to sing it for you. Thanks. Let's let's, uh, let's get to this interview. And again, uh, myself and Learn are doing the interview. And here we go. Good morning, Edgar Winter. Are y'all ready to rock and roll? Yeah. Oh, he was, oh, he was all jacked up for the interview, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, Edgar's going to be here in St. Louis this weekend. The uh, venue is over in Illinois. Yeah, you're going to be in Belleville, Illinois, which is right across the river from St. Louis at the Lincoln Theater, which is a really cool place to play. Well, we're very much looking forward to it. We're going to bring you all a little St. Louis blues, Texas style. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you can do it all. You you come from many genres of music. Uh, talk about your your uh, your career and, and, and where you are at this point in your life and your music. Well, music really is an amazing, almost magical thing to me. It takes it takes me out of myself and makes me feel part of something bigger. Uh, and for that moment, all your cares and worries vanish and disappear. You're totally in the moment, and it's it's just an in- kind of like when we're playing golf. Well, same thing. Uh, yes, it takes me away, John. Yeah. Describable experience, and I, I get the same feeling being in the audience when I'm listening to somebody amazing. So I started out when I was four years old, Johnny, uh, my brother Johnny, and I playing ukuleles, singing Everly Brothers songs. Uh, but as far as how it all started for me, Woodstock was really the beginning. It really changed my life. Because <laughs> up to that point, uh, I had not been that interested. I, I liked jazz and classical uh, and had played all kinds of popular music, uh, you know, for, uh, as, as a kid and a teenager. But uh, 
music had, all, had always been sort of my own personal, private, internalized world. I played Woodstock, the whole thing being set against the social backdrop of civil rights and the peace movement. It was just a transfiguring moment. I'll just never forget looking out over this endless sea of humanity and seeing all those people mm. united in that unique way just made me realize that music is so much more. It really has the power to transcend those boundaries and reach out to people and bring them together. He's very long-winded, John. <laughs> Which makes for a long interview. <laughs> yes. Uh, Great. Yeah, he's talking about you know being on a stage and seeing the sea of humanity. The, the most people I've ever been on stage and seen and look out is uh, it was at the uh, arena. We were on stage at the, the Checkerdome at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we were on stage uh, before Bruce Springsteen came out on stage or one of the big shows at the arena. Mm-hmm. It was jam-packed. That's as close as I can come to trying to fathom in my mind what that looks like. And that was intimidating. And that was pittance compared to what he's oh, talking about. Yeah, because he had 250,000 people. Can you looking out For me, stage? it was Metallica at Bush Stadium. Have you ever done a Bush Stadium concert? On looked, stage? Yeah, uh, looked out? No. Because that was massive. Oh, you were you, on, know, you interviewed? You, yeah. You were on stage? In, you Riz and I from the uh, point, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That was... Well, that was probably five or six years 35, ago. Five, thirty-five, forty thousand. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, it's, intim- like it's kind of intimidating. Very much yeah. so. Very much. And that's so. when I decided. Wow, you know, maybe I get interested in writing and uh, see if I have something to say. So, and, and I'm in front of big crowds at Bush Stadium from time to time. Right, but for but they're not all right in front of you. You know, right. it's kind of spread out around in a big circle, right. so it's not the same. They're not there the to see you, well, per no. se. And yeah. they weren't there to see Edgar, but at that time, they were there to see Edgar. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah well, that puts even more pressure yeah. if they're there to see you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, as they say, the rest is history. Wow, that, that is a fantastic story. We're speaking with Edgar Winter. Uh, Edgar, uh, of course, as I said before, you you, you are multi-faceted uh, in your your ability to make music, uh, but you've also had success, of course, with with your pop hits, Frankenstein and, and Free Ride. When you're on stage doing your thing, and you kick into one of those two mega classic tunes, and the audience goes crazy, what do you feel right at that moment in time? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> Here we go. I'm in the zone. I'm completely uh, transported. It, it never. It never fails. It never ceases to amaze me. I love playing every bit as much as I did uh, when I first started out, and those songs in particular, uh, especially Frankenstein. Uh, you know, that was... I happened to be the first guy to get the idea of putting a strap on the keyboard uh, when synthesizers came out that made that possible because there was a thing called the ARP 2600, which had a remote keyboard. Oh, you've got one of those, John, don't yeah, you? I do, yes. Yes, yeah, you've got yeah, two of them, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a driver I use when I'm on the golf course. Yeah, the R2600, okay. <laughs> I just saw it in the music store one day and said, wow, it's, it's like you can put a strap on that and play it. Like a guitar. <laughs> I was so frustrated being stuck behind a big bank of keyboards. Nobody can see what you're doing and say, what do you got there, Boogie? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, but playing those songs, I mean, who ever would have dreamed that that uh, there would be a classic rock genre and people would still be interested in that music uh, so many years later? And, and I can't help but think, I think we're all tempted to feel like the time in which we came up was somehow special, but I really do believe there were two magical eras in music, the 40s and 50s for big bands. I think those songs are 50 years old. 
uh, at free ride. They might have come out in 72, 72, 73, wow. I'm thinking. They might mm. be 50 years old. Yeah, right. swinging in the, in the 60s and 70s for rock and roll. And, uh, I, you know, the, the, I think mainly what it was was that the record companies just stayed out of the way. There was nobody looking over your shoulder. Uh, and uh, the immediacy of that music, you know, bands would get together with three or four songs and go in the studio and just create an album. You know, sit there, jam. You know, kick ideas back and forth, and and uh, and, and, and Edgar, you're, you're amazing. And your album, it what it is fifty one years old. Fifty one. So it came out seventy one. Seventy two. Seventy two. Seventy two. Okay. Yeah. And you have a hole in your sweater, John. Yeah, and a little moth hole in my cardigan sweater there. Wow, so I didn't so. know that. Yeah, every, you know, it's wool, so. You know the, the moths that get in the house. You don't realize that they get in. They wow. they they, they find, somehow find the wool in the house. Huh. Isn't that weird? It, it is weird. I know. I don't huh. like that moth ball, moth ball smell. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, I hate that I stuff. Hate it. And th- that's not good for you either. That yeah. smell. Oh, of really? That. Yeah. It's, no. There's a warning on the package. You know, you're not really? supposed to touch with your hands, and not supposed Ooh. to inhale it directly. Really? Yeah. I yeah. did yeah. not yeah. know so, that. So, so, thank you for that uh, so, that uh, health tip. Yeah. So that's a that's a clothing wound. Okay. Right there. And they only come out at night, came out in 1972, and I've been saying for decades on this radio station that if you had to pick one year that was just fantastic for music and so many great, great songs came out, I always say 1972 was it. Yep. Still say it to this day. Yeah. Yep. That's because mm-hmm. I'm talking to you. Well, that's understandable, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it was a great uh, a, a great year, you know, late 60s and early 70s. In, in all genres, you know, not just rock. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. R&B music was mm. all over the place. Successful back then with the Motown mm. artists, you know. I mean, it was, was a fantastic time period. 70s, that, that, was, the, that was that golden period. You know, so, uh, But uh, as I had mentioned, uh, you know, uh, we'll be doing everything you'd expect to hear from Edgar <laughs> Winter going all the way back to Tobacco Road, traditional blues song that I popularized with my brother Johnny. That has like the long, never-ending scream and all the guitar vocal uh, call and response uh, trade-off back and forth, which uh, I started doing with my brother Johnny since we learned to play together. We had almost a sort of a telepathic kind of communication. And I've, uh, I've done that with every guitar player I've played with since. And uh, songs from White Trash, like Keep Playing That Rock and Roll, which is an autobiographical story of how Johnny and I got started. Uh, and, uh, of course, from the Edgar Winter Group, the indestructible monster, Frankenstein, and the ever-popular free ride, which uh, uh, we used to play a lot of biker shows with, you know, free, the words free and ride, you know, ride and free. Uh, so it, it was, uh, it was a, a very popular, you know, in that sense as well. And uh, then we'll do some songs from our last CD, Rebel Road, which had a lot of interesting people. Slash played on the title track. Oh, but- Slash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash is also in a Geico commercial, so I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> really bragging. Hello, Texan friend of mine, uh, Clint Black, who's a great country singer and artist and plays great harmonica. I had a song called The Power of Positive Drinking, and uh, Clint... <laughs> Uh, agreed. Every once in a while, he kicks it up a little yeah. bit, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Power or positive drinking. <laughs> wow. Help out on that, uh, which was a whole lot of fun. And then at the end of the show, I always like to play, like dedicate the last part of the set to my brother Johnny. And uh, uh, we'll do something like uh, uh, 
either uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo or Johnny B. Good or Highway 61, songs that we used to play together. And, you know, Johnny may have departed this physical plane, but his spirit and his music will live on in my heart forever. So uh, there you have it. Awesome. Well, and you know what? Speaking of that, you haven't put out new music for about a decade. Can we expect any new music from Edgar Winter? Yes, you can expect some. I, I just finally... So there will be bathroom breaks, is what you're saying. <laughs> decided to do a tribute album to my brother Johnny. And, uh, you know, I just called up some of my uh, guitar player friends, uh, Joe Walsh, of course, the James Gang and the Eagles, uh, uh, Joe Bonamassa, uh, we play a lot of shows with, uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, I know really well. Uh, Billy Gibbons, a fellow Texan from ZZ Top. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he knows everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and they all respect him. Yeah. Flash, sure. since he played on, on the last one. So that's a pretty good start. That is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're speaking. So, uh, we're going to be, uh, probably it'll be summer, you know, next, uh, summer next year by the time we get that done. But I, you know, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to ask all, all, you know, Clapton and Jeff Beck, and uh, I don't know if I can get them uh, uh, interested in it, but one never knows. Yeah, that's so, right. That's happens. right. And while you're at it, we ask Eric if he'll do an interview with us here in KC. <laughs> he, he won't. I, I can answer that right now. He won't. <laughs> you certainly have the gravitas to pull something like that off, man. We, we hope it happens for you. Um, well, thank you so much. Yes. Can, can I go back also, uh, go back to the old days? You called your band your, in the early days White Trash. And I remember being a kid back then thinking, well, we all know what the connotation White Trash is. But back then, <laughs> did it have a different meaning when you called yourselves White Trash back then? Well, you know, we were white kids who loved black music, you know. Very white. But, uh, so Johnny was very, very, very white. Very well called ourselves black, so... Closest we could get was, was white trash. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and, but, you and know, we, we just loved the blues and, uh, and grew up, uh, you know, uh, probably if I had to name one person that was the most profound influence, I guess it would be Ray Charles. Uh, uh-huh. For me, he played such great, uh, you know, gospel, blues-style piano, played jazz, and, and uh, understood country music. He even put out a record with uh, Steve Lukather of Toto. Who did he? Who we did on the uh, Casey Takes, yeah. who we'll, we'll post here in a little while. What but, year uh, was that? That was 2010. It was called An Odd Couple. I'll be darned. How about that? Yeah. But uh, the, the record that you're uh, supporting right now is I've Got News For You, 2018. And uh, enter Edgar Winter Group Records. So that, that was it. But he did have a solo record out last year called Brother Johnny. Oh, that's that's a yeah. tribute album. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, as well, and just the most soulful voice ever. Uh, but uh, you know, when when I got up to New York, I thought I didn't really appreciate what a special area that was uh, in in Texas, and uh, I thought, oh, they're going to be the greatest musicians in the world up in New York, and it was sort of like uh, chicken gumbo to. Uh, I mean, chicken soup to gumbo, you know. Mm. There, there was just something about that old-style Texas, Louisiana sound that uh, had captured my heart, so I ended up going back home and getting the guys that I grew up playing with, and that that's the band that became White Trash. And you've got had a long association, and you've had a long association with Rick Derringer, too. Talk about that. Well, Rick 
all of my early records. He played in uh, both bands uh, in in White Trash. At the end of of the band, the original guitar player was Floyd Radford, and the same holding true of the Edgar Winter Group. After Ronnie Manchos, we had the Edgar Winter Group with Rick Derringer, and uh, you know I met Rick. Uh, Rick was with the McCoys, and uh, our manager Steve took us out to a club one night, and uh, and I heard the McCoys play, and I just had an. Yeah, the McCoys had a big hit. Yeah, that that, that name comes back to me, but yeah. I don't know who. You have to check, double check that. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll look, John. Look that up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Instantaneous uh, affinity. I said, "Wow, this guy is great, and he understands." Even though he's a, from from a completely different part of the country, he's obviously listened to a lot of the same blues, you know, that Johnny and I have. So, hang on, Sloopy, Sloopy hang, hang on, on yeah. hang on, yeah, yeah. Nineteen, they were uh, formed in nineteen sixty-two, and their sixty-five hit single was "Hang On, Sloopy." Yeah, yeah. Well, the Beach Boys also did "Hang On, Sloopy." Who did it first? Um, it had to be the McCoys. Right? Yeah, I, I would think it, so. Does it, who's to say who wrote it? <clears throat> no, it doesn't. Hmm. But, but. Yeah. Go on. I thought there was another one. I'm looking. Okay. So, uh, it was like uh, finding a kindred spirit. And, of course, uh, of course, uh, you know, I'll ask Rick to play on that album that we were talking about. But, you yeah. know, we do 15 or 20 shows uh a year, I guess, together, and uh, and you know it's uh, uh, we're the best of friends. And, uh, and so that song, "Hang On, Sloopy," is the official rock song of the state of Ohio. <laughs> so really? I had no idea that I some states either. have official rock song. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, U- University uh, uh, Buckeyes. Ohio State University, uh, they have played it at many Ohio State athletic events by the OSU bands. Mm, yes. So. I'm sure we'll remain so and, you know, continue making music uh, as we go. You're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It should, no, It, it sure would not. be nice. Isn't that crazy? That is. He should be, yeah. It would be. It would be, but uh, who knows? There is still a little time left, and... Uh, We'll, we'll see what happens in that regard. I, you know, I, to be honest, you know, I never really cared anything about uh, becoming famous. Uh, my brother Johnny, he was the one with the dream. I mean, he he watched Bandstand and read all the magazines, and he was Johnny Cool Daddy Winter with the shades and the guitar. <laughs> and I was like the weird kid that played all the instruments. So it, it worked great because Johnny loved the spotlight, and, and I enjoyed, like, learning all the songs and figuring out the parts and showing the band what to play. So uh, it got down on the sibling rivalry, and it, uh, uh, we were we were never really competitive in that way, so uh, it, you know it, it worked out great, and uh, uh, so what? we're more interesting anyway. Um, <laughs> hang on, Sloopy. Was, yeah, that's, that's so uh, that was originally by the McCoys, right? I mean, no, uh, no. My, so it was called My Girl Sloopy, and it was written by Wes Farrell and Burt Burns. Uh, the, the vocal group Vibrations were the first to record the tune in 1964. Uh, it became one of the first songs recorded by the Yardbirds with guitarist Jeff Beck. 
back in the day. Um, according to Rick Derringer, who he's talking about, or he was talking about, of the McCoys. Well, whose real name, by the way, is not Rick Derringer. It's right. Rick Zeringer. Okay, Zeringer. Um, but go the, by Derringer. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to change it to Zeringer. The original version of Sloopy was written by a high school kid in St. Louis. What? Yes. And sold to Burt Russell, also known as Burt Burns. By one account, the inspiration for the song was Dorothy Sloop, a jazz singer from Steubenville, Ohio, and a student at Ohio University. So, I don't know. A high school kid in St. Louis. How does a high school kid in St. Louis write a song that was connected to a woman in in Ohio? Well, it was sold to Burt Russell, also known as Burt Burns. He's the guy that wrote it. And uh, the inspiration for the song was was her, who was a student at Ohio University. So. I don't know. You know. Man, that is crazy. Yeah. You know, there, uh, uh, we'll see what the future holds in store. But, uh, the, you know, the, it's just, it's been very rewarding for me. I couldn't ask for more. I'm, I'm happy right where I am doing what I'm doing. You'll never hear a good winner talking about a farewell tour. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, old Texas style. I'm going down with my boots on, kicking and screaming. Hell yeah. You know what? You're so fun to uh, watch. Last year you were touring with Deep Purple and um, Alice Cooper and you opened for them here in St. Louis and it was my first time seeing you and Edgar, I was floored by your energy and your positivity and obviously your musicianship. You just, to me that night, you were my favorite person on stage and I just want to thank you for for being so wonderful and and, because just talking to you, I feel better today. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. That's that's great, and uh, that was really a fun tour uh, to do. You know, we used—I used to play shows uh, in the back in the seventies all the time with you know uh, Frankenstein, especially Halloween with Alice and and with uh, uh, you know with Black Sabbath. You know, uh, and it was really fun. You know, to uh, cross paths again and uh, and make some music together. And I've always loved Deep Purple. I mean, that's. Edgar Winter, one of the most talented guys in the business with us here on KC95. Uh, we've been around 51 years playing your music, Edgar, and we're going to keep on doing it. Mr. Frankenstein, Mr. Freeride, right there on KC95. Thank you, Edgar. Well, you're most welcome, and thank you for helping to keep that music alive. And I'd like to thank all the fans throughout these years that have followed my career as well as that of my brother Johnny. It's meant the world to us do what we most love and see you all out there rocking and having a great time. So get ready to rock and roll! <laughs> Thanks, Edgar. You're welcome. Bye now. See you there. Great okay. Job. okay. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's Carl. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, he wasn't offended by me calling him Mr. Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be. <laughs> if, I don't yeah. have a thing on my forehead, but uh, he's 76 years old, John. Yeah. Uh, Edgar yeah, now, yeah, you know, yeah. so he was, uh, you know, roughly 72 when you talked to him. So he still got his boots on. Yeah, he's still, yeah. He's, he's got it going on. All right. 
Well, hope you enjoyed that little segment there on Casey Tapes today. Interview with Johnny Winter, Edgar, uh, Ed- Edgar Winter. I'm sorry, yes. Johnny. I think he's dead. He mentioned Johnny so often. I was like, yeah, Johnny <laughs> passed away. Yeah. So uh, Edgar Winter, right there, and uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at stou man. Instagram. You're back on, on Twitter. U. You're back to Twitter. Yeah, I'm back, but I'm trying to run the numbers up on uh, on Instagram because I'm way behind. Oh, oh, so, oh yeah, I see. So I see. go to Johnny Hewlett Instagram. Okay. okay. Well, uh, well, for Instagram for me is Casey Guy. Casey Guy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Take care, everybody. And the Casey Tapes, driven by legendsofrock.io. Visit legendsofrock.io to enter the giveaway of rare collectibles. AMF. Bye. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app.